0: So I'm Tobias Carroll. I am the author of, uh, most recently, the novel Real, uh, which came out a couple of weeks ago, or I guess about a week ago. And uh, I'm Rich
1: Ferguson. My debut novel, New Jersey Me, was just released this last month through Rare Bird. Uh, Toby, I... I, I have a burning question for you. That being, um, we both spent time in the Garden State, and uh, my first novel is actually called New Jersey Me. Uh, you've spent far more time, either in Jersey or the Jersey area, than I have as an established writer. Um, and I and I saw a post of yours that you had posted a while ago where you had done a Claremont reading. And you said that it was the first time you had read fiction in Jersey where you'd grown up uh, It yeah. came from the post, post that the reading went well. And I'm curious about your thoughts on the state of things in the garden state with, with literature and things of that matter. And also how much that area may informed you as far as, uh helping to
0: shape you as a writer. Yeah. Um so I read I read at the uh the Halfway There Reading Series, which is held in Montclair. And that was a lot of fun. Um I mean that's also location wise as I, I live in Brooklyn so coming out from from New York from, from the city was pretty easy. I just took a New Jersey transit train about forty five minutes to get out there. Um and the coffee shop where it's held uh is you know is about blocks from, from the train station. But it's it's a it's a little bit weird. Like I've you know I've read I've read there and they had a great turnout and it was a great audience and the, the organizers I think generally put together bills that are uh really good as far as like I was on the panel there were sort of two fiction writers, one nonfiction writer and one poet, so it was a pretty good range of work. Um you know I've also read at the Word that's in Jersey City where I've done been involved with sort of moderating events there. But I haven't done too much else. I know there, and I know there are like a few bookstores in more in the, in North Jersey, but I feel like when you get more down to the shore, there are sort of fewer indies. Uh, I can remember yeah. when I grew up, it seemed like there were many, many, many more. And I know there's uh, River Road Books in Fairhaven and Booktown, which I want to say is in Manusquand. And I've and i, uh, and I I've been trying to, because I, I would like to try to do something near my hometown, because I still have a lot of friends and family there. But I've been kind of looking into it and, and sort of trying to see what's there. And it doesn't seem like there's that much. I think there's also, a friend of mine just told me that there was a bookstore in Asbury Park that previously had been kind of a, a paranormal bookstore, and now they're doing more general interest stuff. So so that kind of... Uh-huh. Uh, it sort of surprises me, actually, that Asbury Park doesn't really have... A, something more going on there but like but yeah it kind of it it seems like i mean at least my experience reading uh at the halfway there series was that there's absolutely kind of a, a really you know people who are very very open to to things um yeah but it's also like but it's still kind of it sort of bums me out that there doesn't seem to be m- more because you would think with just the amount of people and and you know and everything else that there would be a little bit more space yeah, you know what? I actually, my
1: time in Jersey was mostly spent on the Jersey Shore, just below Seaside, and um, it, it seemed that you know when I wanted any time, type of robust stimulation, I always had to travel further north, as you know, like Hoboken, or even just to go into the city where I was studying drums for a while and things like that. I mean, not to totally knock the Jersey Shore or anything, because there there are great things to be found there. And there are a lot of really interesting, eccentric people in the Pine Barrens and those sort of outlying areas, which definitely sort of gave me inspiration for writing my novel. But um, I definitely was a little hard-pressed when I was trying to find stimulation as a teenager, intellectual stimulation, when I was a teenager there.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I I'm, I'm, oh,
1: yeah. You I know,
0: of, I, uh, yeah. What was that? Oh uh, no, I, I sort of had half of a thought, but then I think, uh, but but I'm still kind of. I I didn't mean to cut you off, and uh, and I'm also I think I, as I was saying it, I was like, oh wait, there's something else I can ask that's that's more. So, so I'm sorry to still cut you off. No, no, no. I was just, uh, Bud
1: Smith is another writer from that area. He spent a bit of time in Jersey. I I guess he also lives in Brooklyn or maybe spent some time in Brooklyn, but he was also another writer from that area whose work I really enjoy, who also spoke very highly of you. And I'm curious if there's any sort of scene or anything going on with like you know maybe jersey writers that have moved to brooklyn or or anything like that or what's going on there as far as writers that you gravitate toward
0: i don't necessarily know if you know someone being from jersey or, or not is 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 necessarily something to do with like what i gravitate towards i mean i know mm-hmm. i know bud's work and really like it so and i definitely think there are, there will occasionally be moments where if I do encounter someone and I find out that they're from Jersey, it's, you know, it, it, it will often end up being a point in their favor, but it's not kind of a, a make <laughs> or break factor. Um, right. But I mean, I think, you know, I think to some extent, yeah, there, there can be, you know, if, if I'm reading a short story, uh, that's like set in an area that I'm familiar with or, you know, where there are things that I can relate to, um, or, you know, things that where it's like, Oh yes, I've, I've been to that place That's that's been worked into the fabric of this it definitely can kind of click in a certain way. Although I don't necessarily know that that's, it's not just like a New Jersey thing necessarily. I mean, it can also be a Northeastern thing. There are also, when I was reading a couple of years ago, Colson Whitehead, Sag Harbor, I mean, there were parts of sort of like growing up in the New York metropolitan area in the eighties that I was like, oh yeah, I I remember that radio station that the character in this book is listed to or whatever else. So, yeah. So with real you know,
1: you've got sort of the backdrop, the C- you know, Seattle, you've got, is it Timon? Is that how you say his name?
0: Uh, Timon, Timon, yeah.
1: Timon. Timon, okay. So you've got yeah. Timon and Marianne, and, and, and their first encounter is a, at a Seattle punk show, and that, I, I was sort of fascinated by you being from the East and having the novel set out here on the west coast Seattle have you spent time in Seattle or or what drove you to have that particular
0: setting it was, it was a little bit of two things um, I've spent a fair amount of time in Seattle I've ended up sort of going out there about at least like once a year for the last probably 10 or so years um, so it's, it's a city that I'm really fond of some of it was also at the time that I was working on it I had recently written a few things that had been set in in and around sort of the New York New Jersey area, and so and I'd recently written a, a novel that 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 ultimately didn't work that was set largely in and around in and around New York and, and New Jersey. So I think when I was sitting down to write Real, I kind of wanted to do a lot of things differently, and one of the things was wanting to set it somewhere that I was somewhat familiar with, but maybe not necessarily like not necessarily like on the street where I lived. Um, so so there was right. that. And I think just, yeah. So I think it was just, it was definitely a lot of like, well, I'm pretty sure I know Seattle well enough that I can write about this in a way that like, I'm not going to get too much wrong. And, and also, yeah. you know, if I'm doing this, it's, you know, it's going to kind of be a little bit of a different, different and it's going to kind of force me to do some things differently where it's not like, okay, I can just write about this street that's two blocks away and, you know, and write about stuff there, I have to kind of right. not take certain things for around it.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And what about the characters? Uh, Timon and Marianne, do you feel that maybe they were sort of, because, you know, Timon's he's doing business for his family, and then you've got Marianne uh, craving travels of her youth and everything. Do you feel that you were with them kind of trying to stretch yourself as far as characters that you knew really well, or, or were they a little bit closer to you perhaps than the actual physical setting?
0: I, yeah, I mean, I think both of those characters, I've certainly like have aspects of, you know, different parts of the sort of, uh, in, in their characters. Um, it's not necessarily like a one like neither one is, 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 I would say is, is in any way autobiographical, but like, they're both characters who I think, you know, may have either a certain restlessness or, you know, a certain, um, I don't know. Cause yeah, they're really just, uh, it was, for me, it was just a lot of like wanting to, I don't like, just really like, kind of create two. I think when I realized that I wanted to create two characters who were at odds, I had Timon's character a little bit more down a little bit more. And then I realized I wanted to balance him and sort of contrast him with someone. So then having these two characters who are not necessarily diametrically opposed, but very different was, uh, was important yeah. to me.
1: Yeah. I, I was, I was fascinated by how you have them first meet at the punch show and Marianne's just totally put off with him. Just this sort of drunk guy flailing about, and I, it, I was really curious as to like how you chose that particular situation and setting to be okay. Here's where I'm going to have them first meet.
0: I, I think I kind of had that first scene in my brain for a while, and it took me a few years to figure out exactly sort of where I was going to go with that. There were mm-hmm. there were a lot of false starts and. There was there was a long time before where I wasn't sure if it was just, was it just going to be a short story about time and, or was it going to be something else? And then I think eventually, you know, after after this other project had not worked out very well, I kind of went back to it and kind of looked at it and sort of said, well, what if I extended this? And <clears throat> what if I, uh, you know, sort of focused on these two characters and sort of used this as this incident from, out of which, sort of, both of them would sort of move in parallel directions, and, and that's right. where it all went. So, I actually you wanted said, to ask uh, you something. Yeah, oh. yeah. Oh, um, it, it, so, I mean, if we're talking about sort of writing about different areas, I mean, your your novel is is one that's set in South Jersey, in sort of the late '80s and and, and early '90s. And I was wondering, I mean, yeah. were you drawing on your own memories? Did you have to kind of go back and do some and kind of do some research in terms of like what was actually going on in the late eighties, you know, here or here, or was it, was it more of like creating more of a general sense of, of things? I, good question. I,
1: some of, uh, some of what I drew upon were, were just my own memories of living there with, you know, particular things like the power plant that I, uh, that was in the town where I lived and, you know, certain people that lived in the town. And so there were certain factual things. And like with the power plant, I I wanted that to be its own character because to Mark, you know, it was just this, cute, you know, ominous figure and the radiation and the poison and the cancer and just blah, 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 blah. It was just this whole presence Throughout the book, so there are things like that that I was drawing from direct memory, experience, and then there were there were other places like with you know Mark is very much into music, and so I did have to you know do a little bit of jostling of memory, a little bit of research to remind myself like what what was big at that time, and not only what was big at that time, but also Mark was a little bit retro at the same time. So I would be drawing upon things that were current for him, but also just sort of going back a little bit also and saying, okay, but he would also be in these things too. So it was a combination of doing, a, and, and, <laughs> and Mark's mom is, is a uh, self-married case. So with that, I had to do, quite a bit of research to just dive into the wonderful world of Mary Kay and find out all the ranks of Mary Kay. And like, if you sold this much, you would become this person, like a, you know, sales representative. But then if you graduated to the next level, you would be, you know, this other thing. And at which level would you get the pink Cadillac? And so, oh, wow. so that re- Yes, yeah, that requires a lot of research. So there were layers and layers of research and also just drawing upon memory. And and another book that was really good, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but another uh, book that was a really invaluable research tool is a book called Weird New Jersey. Um, I, by I have a-
0: there is one literally like 18 inches from, from my head right now as uh, as I'm talking to you. Nice.
1: Yeah. So I I, I I drew upon a lot of, well, not a lot, but, but a few things in there to use as little factual sprinklings throughout the novel and even created a haunting for my own town, a sort of fictional haunting, which was based on one of the actual things in that book. But uh, yeah, that was a great research tool. And I wrote those guys and just Thank them profusely, saying, you know, <laughs> your, your your book was just invaluable when I was writing my novel. You know, you said something earlier that I I wanted to come back around and ask you about. You you were talking about when you were writing when I was asking you about Seattle, and you said you wanted to set real there because you were working on another book, and you said it it didn't work. I think were your words and I'm curious when you're writing a book or for that matter, when you're writing a story, what are some of the,
0: those indications that this is just not working? I mean, honestly with that, you know, I got to the end and I revised it, but I think in in the case of that, it was a little bit more of like in retrospect. I mean, I had, you know, had kind of centered around a little bit and realized like, But I also sort of knew after the point where I finished it uh, that I had that like something about it didn't quite click. And like there were times where where if I finish a short story, you know, or something, and I'm sending it out, and an editor's like, "Hey, that's great. I have some notes." It's like, "That's fine. That's that's what editors do." And I and I don't expect that like anything I've written is necessarily going to be you know perfect. Um, But like in this particular case, I think. The novel that I'd worked on before real the main thing I think was that i'd i'd over uh over outlined to to an extent and I think it the book lost kind of a sense of spontaneity at least for me and it and certain aspects of it just felt too heavy handed or a little bit too forced in a way that like i couldn't right. quite but i think because I had written enough of it, I couldn't quite figure out a way not to do any of those things, which i think was was why. Again, like with with doing real, I I wanted to have a very, very, very different uh, sort of, you know, uh, way way of doing things just because it was this, like, all right, clearly I know how not to do this. So next time around, I'm going to try things very differently. Yeah. So
1: you just mentioned you're an editor, and I I noticed that you're a managing editor at, what is it, Volume 1 Brooklyn, or...? Volume one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, so tell me a little about that. I, I'm that, that's new to me.
0: Oh, sure. Um, so volume one, Brooklyn, um, my friend Jason Diamond started it, uh, uh, probably about six or seven years ago now. And he actually has a memoir coming out next month, which, which is, which is very good, uh, as well. Um, but he basically started it and then I came on board a little bit after that. And I mean, that's, that's kind of it, it. It involves a wide variety of things. Uh, it, you know, some it's kind of doing some of the day-to-day things, just with like posting things to the site. Sometimes it's writing things for the site. Sometimes it's you know reviewing submissions, whether it be short fiction or, or essays, and and kind of going through that. And uh, and you know, just kind of having a sense of <clears throat> what the weekly schedule is is, is going to be like. So, so yeah, it's definitely, it, it's been it, it's it's. It's a fun thing to do, and. uh, yeah. Yeah. I also noticed that you
1: teach and I, there was a class I think you maybe taught called Publisher Parish. Yeah. And I was wondering if you wanted to talk about teaching and also a question I had in addition to that is how often are you able to take your own advice when you sit down to your, do your own writing?
0: It, it, yeah. Um, I mean the the course. I started teaching the course through Lit Reactor. I think about two years ago now, um, and that's been it's been very fun. Uh, it's it's definitely you know they've always been a very sort of good group of students to teach, which is fun. I do think it's uh, it's it's kind of it's been interesting to think about you know writing and submitting work before teaching the course and after because it did force me to kind of sit down and go through and sort of say like, all right, well, what are the things that I actually look for? Because often when I'm looking at a short story, it's kind of like, I'm like, yes, I like this or no, I don't like this or, all right, I need to go back and take a look at this, you know, in a day or a week or so and kind of, because I'm not totally sure if this aspect of it works or not. But that definitely forced me to like sit down and actually write out, okay, this is what I think is important. This is what I think is important. This is what I think is important. Um, in a way that I really hadn't. So I, I definitely kind of started had to think about what, for, for lack of a better word, what my, what my aesthetic was. And so I think yeah. I've become a little bit more conscious of that as I write, where it's just like, well, I'm talking about, you know, how you should have a good beginning. And it's like, well, does this short story I've just written have a good, you know, opening paragraph, or would I would would the, the instructor version of me fault the writer version of me uh, as a result of that? So... Right. So, yeah. I'm I'm kind of curious because um, I know you have a background in, in poetry, so I'm curious with with mm-hmm. writing prose. Along w- were you always kind of writing prose alongside that, or was it was it difficult for you to move from one form to the other for this?
1: <laughs> uh, writing writing the novel was probably one of uh, the most challenging things I've ever done it is one of the greatest things i've ever done and and i definitely hold it in highest regard as far as i would say one of my personal greatest achievements but it definitely took me learning to work other muscles because i found that like with poetry which seems to come a little more naturally to me when it would Go to writing prose to writing the novel, sometimes I would get so into the language and uh, word slinging for lack of a better word uh, for lack of a better word. I would sometimes drift away from the thread of the story and so consequently it took me a number of rewrites to find that balance of being able to maintain certain sort of poetic perhaps elements from time to time, but staying on course to drive the story forward, to keep all the plot elements in check. Um, So yeah, it, it, it was a real it was a real challenge for me and, and poetry definitely comes more naturally but i do think that one can inform the other and actually the novel did come from a poetry a a, a poetry performance piece that i wrote okay uh some years ago where a guy uh, is being kidnapped by this uh and being held for ransom for pot, and I I wrote it in first person, which is Mark, the narrator of New Jersey Me, and that piece was called Terry, Candy, Baby, and Me, Terry being the thug, Candy, well, it's not in the novel, Candy, where these little baby tootsie rolls that Terry would feed Mark through the zippered opening of the duffel bag that he kept them stuffed in in the back seat of his car. Uh, baby was the stripper girlfriend, me was Mark the narrator anyway, After I wrote that piece and performed it a few times, I was quite intrigued by the voice, and I was like, "Oh, I really like the way this guy speaks. Maybe I should you know further investigate this and See what else this guy might have to say to me. And so I just left myself open. And, you know, over time, more vignette stories started coming through with Mark telling all these different stories. And I had originally tried laying New Jersey me out as a novel in stories. And that was what I had originally presented to Tyson. <laughs> and, um, didn't really work that way. He paired me up with, with a great editor, Seth Fisher. And Seth basically had me collapse, implode the book and, and rewrite it in chapters, which at first I was extremely afraid to do. I just didn't think I could do it. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure I wanted to do it. I just it just seemed so daunting to to try to rewrite the novel that way. But I'll tell you, it was the best thing. And once I had been paired up with Seth, it took me about another year to go through those editorial changes. But I'll tell you, it, it's a much better book for having gone through that process. I learned more about the characters than I thought I. That I you know that I already knew. I ended up creating one or two additional characters that hadn't been in the first series of the novel. So it was it was a great experience, and it all started from that one little
0: poetry piece. Oh wow, nice. Actually, I had one. There was one more thing that I was definitely curious to kind of go back to your question in the beginning about sort of sort of outposts of culture and, and, you know, places to go to look for culture. Do you think, because I mean, I know that sort of weird New Jersey has has kind of also done stuff looking into the odd mythology of other, of other states, but I feel like weird New Jersey makes sense as kind of like, I can't necessarily imagine weird Connecticut necessarily being this sort of iconic (laughs) thing.
1: (laughs) Weird Rhode Island. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So, I mean, do you you kind of think that like. Weird Florida. I mean, that kind of. Yeah.
0: I'm sorry. What's that? Oh, like, do you think that, do you think the two are kind of connected that, like, sort of, in lieu of having sort of places to go for sort of weird culture, we've kind of had, like, people in New Jersey have kind of had to look into kind of this sort of. This is kind of this alternative to it where it's like, all right, well, like, let's look at weird ghost stories and and cryptozoology and and haunted roads and, and things like that because there aren't necessarily places to go for like weird books and weird music and and whatever else.
1: Oh, that's a really good question. Yeah. Th- that's interesting. Yeah, like and I did notice that that a number of the of the weirdest sort of things did come from sort of the the some of the southern areas of Jersey. So, like, you know, some of the areas I was from, from the Pine Barrens, from some of the northern areas, too, but kind of some of the more remote areas of yeah. Jersey. And that's a really interesting way to look at it that, that's like, okay, if we're not going to get intellectual stimulation here, if it's going to be harder to find bookstores and cool record stores and things, then we just need to, like, dive down into the nitty-gritty, dirty, weird, and subversive and, you know, look for ghost stories and and all these, you know, abandoned buildings, tons of weird abandoned buildings in New Jersey and hospitals yeah. and weird stuff. And, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I hadn't really thought of it in those terms, but I I totally support that. Yeah. You know, you mentioned something earlier about overkill, when you were like outlining a book or something, you kind of thought you had gotten to a point where you'd sort of overkilled it or whatever. And, you know, I've had experience playing in bands and stuff and, you know, sometimes some of the songs that resonated the most with us in the band were were songs that we hadn't over-rehearsed. Uh, the ones that were newer and fresher and we had just only rehearsed a few times and we were excited to play them out live. But then, you know, sometimes with certain songs and, and not out of through our own desire, but we just sort of crossed the line without knowing it where we had taken a song where we were all really excited and we crossed the line where we just wore it to death and then we were all just looking at each other like how did this happen and my god we don't even want to play this anymore and I'm curious for you are Are you like is it something similar where sometimes you're not aware that you've over something perhaps or do you have sort of checkpoints within you that you're like oh I'm getting close to blowing this
0: yeah, there was some. There was a story that like, it's a story like there are certain things I know I want to do with a short story, but like in this particular case, like I sat down and I think I was starting to work on like three different short stories and you know, and at some point I realized I was really happy where, with where two of them were going and one of them I was just like, I have chosen a particular way to tell the story and it is totally not working for this story and it was kind of like all right, that's fine like I'm gonna you know I've got this this draft of like. 1200 words saved. And it's kind of just like, all right, I know this is still a thing I want to do, but this, I know now that this is not the way I want to do it. So like, yeah, I think sometimes, I mean, I, I generally also save like multiple versions of, of documents and everything else. So it's like, well, if worse comes to worse, I can always kind of go back to something earlier and, and get a sense of, of where that is. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. do But yeah, that's that's at least, that's at least how I, but yeah, there, there's definitely like, and and something, yeah, something that I was working on fairly recently where I just kind of realized like, no, you know, this is, this is, I I will tell this story at some point, but, but this is not the the best form for it right now. So.
1: Yeah. So you're going to be coming out to LA soon. Have you been out? Well, you've been in Seattle before you have spent time in Seattle. Have you been to LA before?
0: I've been to LA, yeah, I went once when I was in, when I was a kid, and then I was out there about five years ago, and then I was out, I was actually out in the spring when AWP happened, so I'll, I'll you know, so I kind of, and, and I, I, yeah, so it's going to be kind of my, I guess, third time as an adult, so yeah.
1: Right. So why don't you, while we're talking and sort of potentially having this aired, why don't you go ahead and blast.
0: Oh, yeah. When you're going to be, promote yourself. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, so, so yeah, I'll be reading uh, at Stories in Echo Park on November 14th with Margaret Wappler, and then I will be reading at Finney uh, Books in Seattle with Matthew Simmons, and uh, Jarrett Middleton is going to be moderating that, and then I'll be reading in Portland on November the 19th with Justin Taylor at a bookstore called Mother Pose. and what? And you're you're going to be out on the East Coast doing some stuff in in November, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: we're going to be sort of crossing. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna be. Well, on November 10th, I'm going to be in Baltimore at Atomic Books, and then jumping on a train the next day, heading up to your neck of the woods. November 11th. Let's see if I can get all these date straight. November 11th at Molasses Books, I think, in Brooklyn. Oh, nice. Then November 12th uh, doing a thanks to Bud Smith doing, well, thanks to Bud Smith for really a couple of these shows. Uh, yeah, so Molasses Books, November 11th, Friday, November 11th, November 12th doing a doubleheader Earlier in the day, four to six at Symposia Books in Hoboken. And, and then that evening, I think, with Bud Smith at KGB, uh, KGB nice. bar in the city. And then the next evening, again at KGB with Jessica Anya Blau. And oh, then awesome. heading back on the 14th, and if, if I'm not too tired, I want to come see you at stories.
0: Oh, great. Excellent. Yeah, it's good. Kind of, <laughs> I find these, like... New York. Do you know uh, Wendy Ortiz? Oh, yeah. I'm actually going to read
1: with her on Wednesday at, at uh, Lickville in North Hollywood. Oh, nice.
0: Nice. Yeah, I think she's also in the, like, I am going to be, like, she's going to be out east m- for most of the time when I'm out west, uh, which is kind of this hilarious, like, I've, I have read with her once before, and it's kind of this like, oh, right, yes. <laughs> when, when writer <laughs> friends are on the opposite side of the country. Uh, Yeah. Do you you find,
1: um, I mean, being an editor, and I'm sure you see lots of different types of writing, knowing some West Coast writers like you do, do you see much variation between East Coast, West Coast writers, or or not really?
0: I've never really sat down and tried to kind of... um, and try and, and really like pay that much attention to like I don't I don't really find there to be a, a huge difference I mean off the top of my head but also a lot of the west a yeah. lot of the writers I know who are on the west coast are also people who have moved from out east so Plenty. that's also kind of yeah. a factor right um, yeah I, yeah I feel like it's more like in terms of like fiction writers I know it's more of kind of like an experimental versus realistic sort of de- that seems to be the, the divide that I notice more, but that doesn't seem to really line up with geography at all, as far as I can tell. Right. So, right. So, yeah. Well, it's been a real
1: pleasure talking to you. I, I've heard
0: you're one yeah. of these people that yeah.
1: I've heard so much about, and I was, like, super excited to finally
0: actually connect voice to voice. Yeah. And I've been loving the novel, by yeah. the way. same here. Oh man, thanks. I've, yeah, I've really been. I'm really enjoying New Jersey, me. Cool. Yeah, and, and yeah. All right, so take yeah, care, to, and hope, hopefully we'll be able to meet up in LA. Definitely. Right. Oh on. yeah, I would
1: love it. I would love it. I, I, I am gonna definitely drag my jet lagged ass
0: <laughs> to stories <laughs> to see you. Awesome. <laughs> Excellent.
1: All right, take care.
0: All right, good to meet you too.